0: Dogs by nature. Really was pleased with how these
1: last three days have gone. You know, this is a, the culmination of a lot of hard work. So I'd first point out that the work of our scouts, those road scouts. Uh, wish I could have been with them this weekend, but this is definitely the fruits of their labor. So we went armed with a ton of information and that's to their credit. And then I just, the, the whole personnel group, uh, the coaching staff, You know, it takes a lot of people to to put this thing together. So I think armed with all that information, I think we've had some guys that that we're excited to bring into our building. Uh, I think we got better on both sides of the ball. Uh, And I think we added some guys that we're looking forward to developing.
0: You're listening to Straight No Chaser on Dogs by Nature Radio. Now, here's your host, my dad, Thelonious7. My Dogs by Nature family, I hope this transmission finds you well. My name is Thelonious7, and you're listening to Straight No Chaser on Dogs by Nature Radio. At the Straight No Chaser studio, we're basking in the glow of a fairly impressive haul in the 2020 draft. Kevin Stefanski, who we heard at the top of the show, has got to be on cloud nine, expressing his genuine gratitude for the work of rookie general manager, Andrew Barry. We're going to talk about Andrew Barry and that draft as today I'm joined in the studio by at German dog pound at German dog pound is a Browns fan who hails from Deutschland. He severely altered his sleeping habits to watch every pick of the draft. And he's been gracious with his time as he joins us here on Dogs by Nature Radio. Hi, and thanks for having me. Bro, the pleasure is ours. Uh, So tell us a little bit about your football story.
1: So my football story actually starts in South Korea. I went there on a study abroad program and I made a couple of American friends who were huge college football fans. I mean, some of them were pretty big Um, colleges or programs themselves. One of them was from Texas A&M. So yeah, they got me, really got me into it. They told me all about their teams and taught me the rules because up until then I was only a casual watcher. But yeah, anyways, back in South Korea, I I started really get passionate about it since those friends told me so much about it. I started reading up on it. And I read about the Browns as well, and that whole story really resonated with me. The super rich history, passionate fan base, getting their franchise stolen, um, the whole the legacy with Jim Brown, the as I said, the passion, Bottlegate, dog pound—all of that really, really resonated with me. So. Um. I started to to follow the Browns. I wouldn't really call myself a huge fan back then, but um, I would try to watch as many of their games as I could. And then once I was back in Germany, I actually started playing football myself at our university. Um, So I joined the team there, played a little bit myself, um, got to know the rules better. By uh, by then I, I would watch every regular season Um, game, I watched the preseason game, so I was was a pretty big fan already by then, I would say. And then, obviously, funny enough, the guy that the American friend always told me about, because Johnny Football was huge back then, actually got drafted to the Browns. So, that was pretty funny. I mean, obviously, it didn't end that funny. Johnny is, is long gone now, but, yeah, that's how I became a Browns fan, and... A football fan in general, I'd say. And yeah, Johnny's long gone now, but I'm still loyal and going strong, I'd say. You have to be loyal (laughs) when you're a Browns fan. Resilient
0: and loyal. Sucked in by Johnny Manziel, right? Well, if you made it through Hugh Jackson and the futility parade, I think that you've earned your loyalty badge for sure. (laughs) Let's get to the football questions. What is your overall impression of Andrew Barry and the way that he handled his first offseason? What do you think about Depot's role in this new brain trust? My overall impression of Andrew Barry is
1: positive. I think in this whole analytics versus football guy debate, I would side with the analytics people. Um, that's simply because I think a lot of the times this football guy talk is somewhat bullshitting and just hiding behind rah-rah talk, like, let's awake the sleeping giant and let's get real football players here. I mean, yeah, it sounds nice and it's easy enough to get hyped up hearing that, but it lacks substance, like how are you going to do, do that? What's, what's the plan? What's the process? I was never really sure about that with uh, with John Dorsey. So um, with the, the Barry and Deep Podesta crew I feel like there's a clear structure and I think for the first time in forever I, I feel like at least on offense I really know what we want to do. I know what scheme we want to run, I know which players we're targeting for that, I know why we did what we did in the 2016 2017 seasons i see the the strategy within drafts i see positional value being actually valued accordingly in in past years i would often feel as if we said one thing but something else or we said one thing but then whatever we did would some of it would fit what was said earlier but some of it wouldn't and uh, it never really felt right it never really made sense I never really understood the process and for the first time now I actually feel like there is a a clear process the scheme is set the people they want for that are being targeted I don't know how quick the turnaround will be, but I I like logic, I, logical, smart, understandable processes, and I think we've got that with um, Andrew Barry, and, and I think the Podesta's role is uh, the fear of his analytical, strategical input is exaggerated quite often. Because I think all the smart teams use analytics. And I'm not 100% sure why Di Podesta gets so overblown, like his role gets so overblown in Cleveland. It's not that much different from what all the other smart teams like the Eagles and the Ravens do. So I already had a positive impression before the draft, but now after the draft I'm really happy with the results and I think he did a good job
0: yeah, this is a good answer and I like a lot about this response uh, if there's one thing I would say about Andrew Barry and the character of this group is these guys are really measured in their approach I really like the way that him and Di Podesta have worked together as a team along with Stefanski as well and they haven't really over promised and underperformed Contrast that with the work of trader Ray Farmer, who I'm sure you'll remember from the 2014 draft class. I definitely appreciate the yeah the measured approach of Andrew Barry and his crew in his first go-around uh, in the 2020 draft. So what about his first round pick, Jedrick Wills? How do you rate this guy? Any thought about Werfs or Kinlaw, or was it just high five and hit the bar? I'm
1: super happy with who we got in Jedrick Wills. My only concern was that we'd get cued and go with something else. I know a lot of people wanted Isaiah Simmons but I really didn't. I was dead set on, on protecting Baker Mayfield. And I think if we can't do that then everything else doesn't really matter. So I'm really happy that three guys lasted and um and we got our pick of everyone except for Andrew Thomas, who was actually my my favorite, but still super I would have been happy with either Thomas, Wills, or Wurfs. Backton was the only one where I was kind of skeptical. Not only is he such an outlier in terms of size and could he run around the the field in the white zone scheme the whole whole game? Then also the red flag with the failed drug tests. I think we've had enough of that in the recent years with Josh Gordon, Antonio Calloway, and safeties threatening to kill reporters and whatnot. So I, I'm happy we got a high-quality, high-character guy. And yeah, high-five and hit the bar.
0: <laughs> I'm right behind you. <laughs> and maybe when we're out, we can run into... It's a, it's a red carpet celebration. Um, uh, so I get my suit and tie ready. I get my business business attire on. I get my You're listening and, to Straight No Chaser on carpet. Dogs by Nature Radio. Every time. We'll be right I got, back. I got my whole entourage taking pictures. With the right. 29th pick in the 2017 NFL Draft, the Cleveland Browns select David Njoku. There you go. Tight end. happy to hear that David Njoku, Hollywood Higgins, and Miles Garrett are part of the Browns' future. So, we're talking Browns football, we're talking draft, and we're doing it with at German Dog Pound here on Dogs by Nature Radio. Of course, I'm your host, Thelonious7, and we'll get back to the questions right now. So, in day two, there was Grant Delpit. A lot of our members were excited about Winfield and Chin. Do you think the Browns made the right choice here? What about the decision to walk away from Bowne in the third?
1: So I think it's hard to complain about getting Grant Delpit at position 44 or pick 44 and even getting basically a center for free for sliding down three picks. And when it comes to him versus Winfield Junior and Chin, I liked all of them and I wouldn't have complained if we had gone either route, but I think I like Delpit being on the bigger side, especially in our division. When I look at the Ravens and they're, they usually come with the big guys, they have multiple tight ends and then someone like Ingram, um, so a lot of power, a lot of strength, a lot of size. So I think having someone in Delpit who's almost 6'3 um, versus someone who... Uh, Winfield, I think he's 5'9 or something. Um, it wouldn't hurt. And then Chin, is obviously an athletic freak, but maybe somewhat of a lesser-known commodity, playing at a smaller school, not facing quite the... Uh, the, the, the matchups that Delpit had. And maybe also not the the same spotlight Delpit had to endure so overall I I liked I liked them all but I think I also would have gone Delpit if I had the choice of all three and then Bonn it's a little bit a little bit more curious one because we had a need at linebacker he's not a traditional linebacker he was somewhat more of an edge rusher in, in college Um, but for the NFL might probably be a little bit undersized to play Edge, so he's maybe somewhat of a tweener. But still, I think you could make the argument that we um, passed on someone at a position of need who was good value and who would have probably contributed right away and would have been a starter next year or someone who also is really good but maybe we'll come in more as a rota- um, rotational backup player. So we'll have to wait and see. If he bolts out for the Saints, Will this will probably come back to haunt us.
0: Yeah, Bond is always going to be a weird one to me because it seemed like such a great value for the Saints at that position as well, right? But I think ultimately it was an issue of Scheme fit. And I think that in the long run the Browns got who they wanted in Jacob Phillips later on in the third. What did you think about the day three selections? Do you think the team has answered the questions about team identity?
1: I really liked our whole draft. So day three was no exception. With regards to your question about team identity, I think I talked about that a little bit earlier already. I think you can clearly see what Stefanski wants. And I think it's nice that our front office and our coaches seem to be in sync. And we're getting the coach the players that he needs. So getting another tight end in a tight end, reliant and heavy scheme. Um, that alone is good. But then getting maybe some would say the best one this year. I mean, Mikey Award winner, over a thousand yards receiving. So getting someone like that in the fourth round at 115 is definitely great value even though he might need to add a couple of pounds to be be a more a more effective blocker and maybe doesn't have the longest arms isn't crazy athletic freak but again it's pick 115 so i think the production obviously is there and the value for us was also there so i really liked it getting fits Center for free basically also, really liked it, and then in round six, getting someone like um, Donald People Jones, who, if nothing else, has a lot of potential, is definitely worth the flyer. Well, I won't talk about his school, his um, college here, but I think round six is there to, yeah, take flyer on flyers on atle- athletic guys and. He definitely fits the bill. So overall, I was extremely happy with the whole draft. And day three was no exception.
0: Bro, great job tap dancing around the land to the north of Toledo. <laughs> uh, we've offered Donovan Peoples-Jones the ceremonial branch of Amnesty. Let's hope he could reach his full potential and improve that route running in the future here in Cleveland. Okay, um, we're about to put this episode in the books, but before we do, let's get to one final question. I know this team has improved, but what do you think about the progress of the rest of the AFC North? There is a ton of uncertainty, but who do you think has the inside track in this division? So I think the
1: AFC North will be better in 2020 than it was last year. And... Some of that is due to good off seasons. Some of that is just because of injured players coming back. So for the Steelers, getting Big Ben back will be pretty massive. If he's anywhere close to what he's been in the past, I don't necessarily like what they did in the draft or off-season. But again, just not having to field Doug Hodges and Mason Rudolph. But getting Big Ben back will be will be a massive upgrade and their defense is always great. Then the Ravens should get a couple of injured players back on um, on offense with AJ Green, their O-line. Jonah Williams hasn't played a snap last year. They got a really good QB in, in Burrow, so they'll be a lot better, I guess, this year. And then the Ravens, unfortunately, got better. The Rich got richer. I really like their draft. They were pretty lucky that Patrick Queen fell to them at I think 28. Um, so best player and Neat kind of met up nicely for them there. Then they also got a really good running back in um, JK Dobbins. So I think everything around Lamar at least didn't get worse, maybe got better with Calais Campbell as well. So the only hope for the AFC North is that Lamar himself has a Regression to the mean, and hasn't quite another ridiculous season—not um, quite as ridiculous as he had last year. So that's the hope. But I really, as I said before, liked what the Browns did. So let's hope for a a good season, and let's hope for a winning season for once.
0: From your lips to God's ears, dear sir. Our guest has been at German Dog Pound. And with that, we'll put this one in the books. You've been listening to Straight No Chaser on Dogs by Nature Radio. I am your host, Thelonious7. Guys, please take care and go Browns.